Want to get the edge in your Premier League betting predictions? Pinnacle delved deeper into the data behind all of the Premier League matches every single game week. We combine Pinnacle's sharp betting markets with the game's latest analytical metrics to help you find value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. Welcome to Game Week 6 in the Premier League. This is EPL Insights. Gareth Wheeler, Jake Osgathorpe with you as we break down the week ahead in the Premier League. Jake is on a flyer. Um, I had one of the most painful weeks of experience in recent vintage watching the Premier League. It's like every game I was watching, Jake, completely went opposite the script. And even when it was on point, it somehow found a way to disappointing me in the end. That was my week. How was yours? Uh, yeah, mine was much better than that. In fairness, um, <laughs> yeah, it all is, is. Yeah, it was a good week. Um, another profitable one for me. That's four out of five profitable weeks. Um, just the one really bad week in between. Um, but yeah, all good. And more importantly than the profit is, I secured two head-to-head wins over Gareth Wheeler. What a start to the season! Shocking. By the way. The Aston Villa Crystal Palace game, um, that drove me to another level because there was always a struggle in those early games and you see it coming through late and a penalty, which I still don't think should have been given. And even my bet, I would have pushed, I would have lost the head-to-head to you you if it stayed 2-1, but like 90 plus 11, a 3-1 dagger delivered to my jugular. The other one that just crushed me was Burnley Nottingham Forest. I'm on the overs. By the way, there were still five overs um, that that played last week. I just happened to be on four of them that didn't go over last week. And the Burnley goal, the handball on Sandro Berg, I I don't think it's a handball. And it should have been clear and over. So there was a bunch of games that went that way. It was just a miserable, miserable week all around for me. And one that I want to wipe the slate clean. I had one game right from eight and a push. And I went from having a nice, healthy profit to being a little bit under uh, about minus a unit uh, through the first five weeks of the season. So I just gave it all back in one week, but uh, I've been trending in the right direction until last week. And I just want to put in the rear view mirror and look ahead to this week. Uh, Sounds good. We'll we'll do that. Jake will continue to keep it going and I'll try to get some dignity and self-respect back. Anything else um, stand out to, to you from last week, just in terms of the way the game's played out, the results, or anything that the markets may have shown? Um, not particularly. No, there wasn't a lot of draws. There was a two draws out of 10 games. Um, it was a good week for the big teams, wasn't it, really? Liverpool, Spurs, City, Brighton, Newcastle and Arsenal getting wins. Um, and Villa, of course, as well. So the only one that didn't really win was, was Man United, but they were playing against a, a fellow big side. Um, so, yeah, I, and you saw, you know, you mentioned the Villa game there. That, that was one where... And probably the Spurs game, actually, where the added time definitely favoured the better side. And it gave them 10 extra minutes, basically, to score a couple of goals in Spurs' case and, you know, a couple for Villa as well. Uh, definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward and, and maybe something for, for in-play. If if a big team is being held, going, to, you know, it's creeping towards 88 minutes and you think there's going to be another seven, eight minutes stoppage time, then it could be a, an opportunity to... To, to trade and, and get involved in, in the better side um, in those kind of situations because it does seem like every single game at the minute has got seven to ten minutes at a time. And, and just if you think about it from a playing perspective, you've got a really good team like a Spurs against Sheffield United who sat deep 
for the entirety of the game. And they've just been running side to side, chasing Spurs across the pitch. It's going to tire you out. You know, five subs all you like, but it's going to, it's going to eventually um, cost. And it did in those two occasions. So something to keep in mind, definitely for an in-play game. All right. Um, so let's dig into game week six or feature five. We'll go rapid fire for the rest and provide some of our favorite plays for the week ahead as well. And let's start with Manchester City as they take on Nottingham Forest. Eighth place, Nottingham Forest. Not bad. City atop the table. The game's to be played at 3 p.m. Uh, local time on Saturday. City, a 3-1 victory over West Ham last week. And another one of those games where it's just West Ham scores early. But it was really a completed one-sided affair. 4.15 XG, courtesy of Understat, was far and away the best expected goals of the week in the Premier League, 29 shots and 15 of them on target. They conceded first, but inevitably ran away with the game. They have the best XG and the best expected goals through five games. There's 3.69 expected goals against for Man City. That is particularly standout for me. Uh, it's been a straightforward start to the season, but they have conceded a goal in four straight, including against Red Star Belgrade in the Champions League, in what turned out to be a 3-1 victory. But it wasn't necessarily smooth sailing throughout for City this week. Erling Holland, seven goals in five. He's already best in that category by three. They haven't lost a game at home in 2023 at Manchester City. They drew Everton 1-1 on December 31st, New Year's Eve. Do you remember what their last loss was at home at the Etihad, Jake? Brentford before the World Cup break. 2-1, November 12th. Well done. Uh, Kovacic, Stones, Grealish, all questionable. Bernardo Silva looks to have picked up an injury and is likely out this weekend. For Not uh, Nottingham Forest, a 1-1 draw at home on Monday against Burnley. Callum Hudson-Odoi with his first Forest goal. Forest is the third worst expected goal uh, at 5.15 through their first five games of the season. This is their... You know, their fourth away game that they played, and they've all been tough away matches. Arsenal, United, Chelsea, and now Manchester City. It's been a difficult start to the campaign, fixture-wise. They were the worst away side last season, just a reminder. One win and eight points on the campaign. Uh, City won this fixture 6-0 last season, but they did play to a 1-1 draw some way, somehow, in the reverse fixture. So, City are considerable favorites coming into this one to win outright, minus 701. The draw plus 843, a Forest victory, plus 1790, all available on Pinnacle. Is there a play to be made in this game, Jake? Um, I think so, yeah. I, I just think it's it's more of a price play than anything. Um, both teams to score at plus 132. It, it looks massive. Um, and, you know... We know City in general are a good defensive team. They don't concede a lot of uh, many chances in terms of expected goals. But what we do know as well is that because of the way in which they play, they do get caught out sometimes on the counter attack. And when they do concede a chance, it is generally quite a big chance. Um, and you know, while their overall XG total might not look very big, if you look at the big chances conceded, there are perhaps more there than you might expect. So um, I do think Forest will be able to get a few chances, as you've said already. They've they've had tough away games or to, to start the campaign. They've already been to Arsenal and scored. They scored twice at United, scored at Chelsea as well. Um, and I definitely think they're a much improved side when visiting compared to last year. I mean, it couldn't get any worse, could it really? Let's be honest. I mean, one of the worst away teams we've ever seen in the Premier League. Um, and yes, yeah, City, 
they've already conceded in one of their home matches so far 1.46 expected goals against as well against Fulham. So conceded a decent amount of chances there. Um, and interestingly, they actually conceded in 12 of 19 home games last season, mm. which is which is quite a lot and a lot more than I expected to to find when I was doing my digging. So um, I do think that this this um, both teams to score play it should be shorter. Um, like we said, Forest generally like to play on the counter-attack as well, so it should suit them down to the ground. They won't have to change any kind of style or system. They'll play exactly the same way as what they have done. Um, and, you know, they, they might have lost Brennan Johnson, but Colin hudson Adoy's come in and he looks pretty good the other night, uh, playing a similar kind of role. You've still got Gibbs-White, a one-news, a handful. Um, and as you mentioned there, Manchester City have got some injuries piling up. Um, you know, like Stones, Bernardo's off, Grealish, Kovacic... So it is, it is, you know, it, it's generally Pep likes to play with a thin squad. He doesn't like, you know, 20 odd players to choose from just because you know, you're going to upset quite a few people in that case. Whereas he likes to play with about four, 15, 16 um, regular first teamers. And, and if, if you have four or five of them out, then all of a sudden you do look a little bit thin on the ground. De Bruyne is obviously a massive miss still. I know Alvarez has been playing great, but um, yeah, their, their injury list is, is a bit of a concern, especially with the fixture list stacking up. So I, I fully expect City to win, don't get me wrong, but I just think the value is in both teams to score. Okay. Um, I, I considered that play because I, I did think that there was some value there. I'm just looking at the underlying numbers. Nottingham Forest aren't really creating that many chances. And I think that that Brennan Johnson loss, I looked at their team and they're, they're bringing on Origi, they're bringing on Wood against Burnley, searching for a goal. Kind of half chances across the board. They go to Manchester City. I mean, I'm trying to look at any kind of advantage that Forest might have going to this game. They played Monday. They have some injuries as well in their team. City played Tuesday. There's, there's not too much of a difference there for a Saturday 3 p.m. game. Um, and I think that City, based upon the fact that they've lost some attacking players, I think there's going to be a little bit more of a focus on keeping that defensive shape for this one and making sure that they take away that trend. So I'm betting against the trend here. Well, I'm actually not betting against it because I'm not touching it. As I'm just not touching it altogether. I think that Doku is really good for Man City, doesn't he? Like the pace, the way that he attacks down that left-hand side. I think they found another absolute gem. Alvarez and Hollander firing. I'm just not sure how Forrest can keep the pace with City in this game. I looked at the total. Again, I'm not sure if Forrest is going to score. That meant that, that City, based upon the goal total at 3.25, need to score four goals outright in order for you to have a clean win. I'm not willing to make that bet as well. I do have a bet. It's going to be on the Asian handicap, first half, Man City minus one at even odds. I think that City can start quickly. Again, I, I'm, I think they're going to buck their own trend. They conceded first in, in a couple of these games, including to, 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 to Red Star Belgrade midweek. The Pepple demand things to be sharper. I think they can put this out of reach very early. At minus one, a 2 no halftime lead, I can see that playing out. So give me that. If, if, if City score a goal and they lead by buy a goal at the half, then you get your money back. So it's a risk worth taking at even money, and that's where I think the best value is. Not sure what you make of that, Jake. Um, yeah, I, I, it's a play that's yielded quite a lot of profit for you over the last, um, well, last season as well, starting this season. So, yeah, I can I, I fully expect City to win, as I said. Um, I won't be surprised if it, it was a bit of a you know three four nil and Forest get a, a, a late consolation. I wouldn't be surprised. Um I also wouldn't be surprised if the opposite to what your bet happens and Forest are leading at half time like Red Star were in midweek. Um just against <laughs> against the run of play completely, 
they only need one one good chance and and take the lead, and then obviously City just roll back. So, um, yeah, I like I said, I, I'm fully expecting a City win. It's just a case of how um, and how best to find the value. And you know, we've come up with two different options there, so the listener can yeah can decide how they want to go. I mean, it's funny the Red Star Belgrade goalkeeper. It used to be a Canadian in 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 Milan Borjan. Uh, it was a goalkeeper named Glazer, and he made a number of big saves in that first half. Did, but like yeah. the Glazers do in Manchester, they ended up giving it away in the end. Punch it in their own goal. Yeah. So, <laughs> Glazers in Manchester is simply not meant to be, uh, yeah. and, and I still don't trust the goalkeeping at. Not even Forrest as well. They're lucky to they're lucky to come away with anything in that game against Burnley. Burnley didn't play great. Forrest didn't play great. But again, I think that Forrest were a little bit unlucky not uh, being given credit for that second goal in that game, which would have given them uh, uh, an unlikely away victory. So uh, yeah. let's I, move I on. I do think. Sorry, go yeah, I do. Yeah. I just could say I do think that the those kind of games just don't suit the way Forrest want to play. Um, you no. know, if you look at their. Their, their games, I mean, they, they beat Sheffield United, yes, but again, they didn't create a lot of chances. And that's because they're coming up against a team who, yeah, you know, a similar kind of level to them in a sense. I get Forrest are better than the Blades, but, you know, they, they, they still are, yeah, they're, they're a bit more of an even match. Whereas when they're playing against a team like an Arsenal, United, Chelsea, you do see them create more problems because they like to play on that quick transition and you don't get as many opportunities against teams that are generally in and around you. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like I said, it was 6-0 last year. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case again. But um, I do think there's a bit more steel around this Forest team this time around. So we'll see. Uh, full unit play for me on that. Yeah, me as well. Let's move it on. There's a lot of games Sunday at 2 p.m., which are the standouts this weekend. They just loaded up. So you're going to have to take your pick on which game you want to watch. But let's pick another game from Saturday. It's the late game at 8 p.m., Burnley and Manchester United from Turf Moor. Burnley's 19th place in the table. United down in 13th. Burnley coming off that 1-1 draw at Forest. Again, I'm not sure if you're with me, but I thought they were extremely unlucky. Um, Foster scored the late goal. It was called back. It would have been three games in a row for Foster to score. Instead, it was the Berg handball. Then Foster sent off based upon violent contact. Now he's suspended for the next three games. So quite the turnaround there. Burnley are just struggling to create from an attacking perspective, a 3.42 expected goals, courtesy of Understat through four games. And that is the worst in the Premier League. For Manchester United, whenever they lose, it's like the world's coming to an end. Everything's crumbling. It's just absolutely sensational. People forget that Chelsea have actually performed worse than United on the season. But here we are. Uh, a 3-1 loss to Brighton. Um, Brighton played United off the field at times at Old Trafford. Yet, United were centimetres, or maybe a centimetre. Maybe there was nothing there. Out from being 1-1 in a Hoyland goal. Was the ball over the line? Was it not? Let the debate continue after the Garnacho offside. And the handball not giving against Spurs. These critical decisions simply haven't gone United's way early this season. More injuries. Aaron Wan-Bissaka is out. Harry Maguire didn't travel to Munich to play the Champions League fixture on Wednesday. We are recording this before United play Bayern Munich in the Champions League. League. Uh, Varane and Mount didn't make the trip either, but it sounds like both could be available for the weekend fixture. Uh, Amrabat and Kobe Mainu both also close to returning as well. No clean sheet in four for United. Both teams to score has played in the last 
three ahead of the Champions League games, and there's been more than four goals scored in each and every one of those games. Head-to-head, United did play Burnley last season in the EFL Cup in a 2-0 home victory. It was 1-1 the last time they played at Turf Moor the season before. No losses for United in five in this head-to-head. Burnley haven't had a clean sheet in five. They played to the under two and a half in five of seven, but Manchester United has been the first to score in the last five games. Burnley, a win, plus 339. A draw, plus 329. Manchester United, minus 132. Could be some value there for an away victory. It's hard to tell not knowing which players may be left standing after this trip to Munich. Simply put, the injury crisis and the off-field issues have really impacted Eric Ten Hag in his early season plans. So, so how does this one play out? It seems to be, you know, three losses, Arsenal a good team, Spurs a good team, Brighton a good team. Burnley isn't a good team. So does this mean a change in fortune for Manchester United? Possibly. Um, you know, the, Burnley's results so far this season would suggest so. I mean, they've had a real struggle playing against the best teams and they've played them all at home as well, uh, which has to be quite concerning if you're a Burnley fan. Um, City, Villa, Spurs have gone there and, and won very, very comfortably. Um, they've conceded 11 goals in those three matches as well. So if you think Man United are anywhere near those kind of levels, then absolutely United to win would be a bet. Um, but yeah, for me... I really struggled with this game. Um, you mentioned the injuries. That's massive question mark. You mentioned uh, the midweek game against Bayern Munich. Um, we're recording this before that game, so we don't actually know how United get on. If they get absolutely hammered there, do we see a slight change in approach? A little bit more of a, you know, not pragmatic, but a little bit more of a shift back to what we saw last year, which was a little bit more, a little bit safer, shall we say? Um, handbrake slightly on this season. They started high pressed. They've won a lot of high turnovers. Um, they actually lead the league for high turnovers, which I think is really interesting. Um, but they're also yet to score from a, a high turnover, which is somewhat surprising and maybe shows the issue mm. that they have at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it, I had got this down as a no bet with a potential to maybe go with the overs. But I, I want to hear what if you can convince me. Well, I'm... Well, you, you'll these- go straight Man United. I, I was thinking about going straight Man United, but I think that what you just said for United to be successful and why they were successful last season is they didn't concede goals. They've been playing far too wide open, and I think it's going to have to be reined in just a little bit. Just the, the, the defending's been sloppy. The press hasn't come off. I think there will be an adjustment here. This is a game that they have to win. Like It's a must-win for United. And, it, and, I, and I can't see Burnley with their best attacking player going on and actually threatening the back line of Manchester United. Varane might come back in. I'm just confident that United can come away with a clean sheet. So I'm looking at this. Minus 132 for a win. It's a play that I like. I'm not going to make. Both teams to score no is also a play that I like. At plus 131. But if it's United are going to win this game and they're going to keep Burnley to nil, then that's the play and that's where the value is at plus 246. And this is how... Gareth Wheeler gets back on the right side of the ledger here by making uh, a unit and a half bet on Manchester United to beat Burnley to nil in this game. So that's my play. Uh, let's see how it plays out. I know that it comes with some risk, not knowing with the Champions League, but I'm locking in at this number now. I, I think that it's just, it, it's too good to pass up on. Um, and I think it could be a low scoring fixture, maybe one, two nil. Um, we'll see. But 
Burnley has shown me nothing. United has shown me something in stretches, not consistent enough for the 90 minutes. And my hope here is that they can keep it together well enough for a 1-0, 2-0 victory and get out of there. So that's that's my play. Plus two, wow. plus 246, unit and a half. Wow, that is a big play. Um, you're a very brave man trusting this Man United defence. I'll give you that much um, because they have looked shocking so far this season. You know, even Wolves created chances against them. Forest broke through quite easily. Um yeah, think Burnley uh, can do the same? Wait, what? Uh, I mean, if Wolves can do it, there's no reason why Burnley can't. Um, they've come up as one of the best championship teams we've ever seen. They're yet to hit the stride. You know, they're, they're, I think they're probably, looking at their summer summer window, they're probably going to be a bit like a Nottingham Forest. Slow burner, um, because they brought in loads of players, again, like completely r- rotated the squad. Lots of very um, young players too, Jake. Like, there's not a lot of experience in this team. Yeah, I don't know. This is the kind of fixture that last season United won very, very easily. Um, it's just yeah, a case of if they if they are going to... I don't I don't know if I trust... I think they're a worse team this year than they were last year. That's what they started off like anyway. Well, we'll um, see. Based on the personnel that's available or not available, it's hard to say that they are better. But once they get their players back, then, then we'll see. I, I, I think they'd still do have some better long-term potential, but short-term, it's been a... It's, it's, it's been a struggle. And you're right, for all that's been made of their away travels against top teams, Burnley isn't one. And they've generally won these games with relative ease. Um, so, banking on them, spinning back the clock. Um, Wednesday, who knows? The weekend, that's a must-win Saturday night at Turf Moor. Uh, not much travel as well. So, that's my play. Um, are you going to hold off on making a play? Sounds like you are completely anti-United like the rest of the world right now. Feel free to bet against them if you like. Um, I, I would, but it's, this is not the right spot for me. Because like you, I've, I've not seen enough from Burnley to, to think, or to, 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 for me to warrant getting them on side. Um, if it was a different team that, you know, that would potentially had started poorly, but underlying numbers were looking half decent, you could see a little bit of something in the performances, then I might consider it at the price. But um, yeah, I'd want at least at least a goal on the handicap, but we're only getting right. three quarters at the minute. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one alone. Um as as we've kind of both agreed, the only way United can get back on track is keeping it tight, which kind of goes against my over overthought path. Um unless Ten Hag is just extremely stubborn and just continues to play in this, you know, expansive, high pressing way, which you know we'd love to see because it is entertaining football for the neutral. Um but yeah, it, it, it's it's a hard one to kind of gauge and probably one just to keep an eye on over the next few weeks as to just how United start, are setting up. Um, and just a quick note, if United do get smashed by Bayern Munich and some Burnley money comes in, if this drops in the minus 120, minus 125 range for a United outright victory, I'm making that bet and that will be my favourite bet of the week. Okay, so we'll see what happens later on on Wednesday. Yeah, see what the line does. If it affects the markets as well. Uh, let's move on. 2 p.m. Sunday, um, you know where you should be. It's watching Premier League football because there are four great games. We're going to deal with three of them in our feature five. And let's start with Chelsea, who are in 14th, facing seventh place Aston Villa from Stamford Bridge. Chelsea, tough start to the season continues. What's going on with Mopo? Uh, a nil-nil at Bournemouth. They're creating chances, 14 shots, six on target, 65% possession. But again, just 
goal scoring. Jackson, it looks like the clock has struck midnight Cinderella. He's turned back into a pumpkin. Have you uh, have you seen that video doing the rounds? Um, no. Oh, is it? No. Oh man, it is hilarious. I will send it to you. Yeah, I'll retweet it on my on my Twitter timeline because it is hilarious. It's, you know when he goes through one on one against Bournemouth and he slices uh, it into the stand. Someone's done a, a, a gif with the goalposts where it gets bigger by 150 percent and he still misses, <laughs> and it gets bigger by 175 percent and it still and it goes up to like 300 percent. It's brilliant. I'll brilliant. find it and send it to you. It's so good. He he must have been watching the tape over the last couple of years about another Chelsea striker who's out on loan in Romelu Lukaku because it's very familiar. <laughs> Missing hitters yeah. on a regular basis is like could have kept Lukaku. You have Jeff. Anyways, I, I hope for the young man it comes he comes good because uh, it does look like he has something to offer. But right now it's a bit of a mare in front of goal. Uh, Chelsea are top five in expected goals, but massive questions about who's actually going to score them. They have 12 players out, like Manchester United and Chelsea, and Sheffield United, I should say. All of some serious personnel issues. Caicedo and Cucurella look the closest to coming back, but Czech reports had a kickoff uh, based upon their statuses. But a number of key players. Uh, Batashil's relatively close as well, but man, a lot of issues. And their bench looked relatively thin last weekend. Who are you going to turn to? in terms of someone providing the goals as well. Aston Villa left it late to Wheeler's demise, 3-1 over Palace. The John Durang goal, former Chicago Fire striker. What a goal in the 87th minute. Full credit for that, but the penalty was debatable. 90 plus 8. Uh, then Bailey, 90 plus 11. Sealing my fate as a loser last week. 11 goals in five games for Villa. 10 conceded, however, requires improvement. Uh, they played to over two and a half in every game this season. And Jacob Ramsey's close. He could be available off the bench this weekend. We'll see, which would be another big addition to an already good team. Aston Villa um, in this one, they won this fixture 2-0 last season. And these two sides have played to under two and a half in four of five. Looks to be some good potential value here, Jake. I'm not sure what you'll think about the markets on Pinnacle. Chelsea minus 111 for the home win. The drop plus two ninety five, a Villa away win at plus two ninety nine. What do you make of the markets? What do you make of these two sides? Um, I'm shocked that the market has got Chelsea odds on um, to win this game. I think that's quite laughable, to be honest. Um, I, you know, in, in isolation, <clears throat> Villa are probably a better team at this moment in time. Um, so, you know, if you're doing neutral venue, then that would suggest that Chelsea are. Probably around the plus 120 mark at the moment. Um, that to me is wrong, a neutral venue. I think this should be a lot closer to maybe plus 150 a piece at the very least. Um, and yeah, I saw something quite interesting. Um, when was it? The, yeah, it was Monday Night Football put up the Premier League table for 2023 and Chelsea is 16th for the calendar year with 25 points from 28 league games. Everton are two points behind Chelsea in the calendar year and they've got two games in hand. So it kind of shows you how bad the results have been. And then the flip side, Villa are fourth with 52 points from 27 games behind only Liverpool on goal difference and ahead of Brighton. So it kind of shows you just the trajectories of the two clubs, the way in which they're going. Um, and yeah, you know, yes, Villa have been hammered by Newcastle and Liverpool, but Chelsea are nowhere near that calibre of opposition at the moment. They really aren't. They can't score. Um, they, you know, their, their underlying numbers would suggest they've had a decent start. They're averaging 2.1 expected goals for per game, 1.2 expected goals against per game. 
But they've had an easy schedule. You know, they've played Bournemouth, Forest, Luton, West Ham, all teams that finished in the bottom six, all were promoted last season. Um, and Liverpool granted that were they fifth last season, first home game under Poch. Um, but their underlying numbers have been like massively swelled by that one game against Luton, where they you won the XG battle by around three, got three expected goals. So um yeah, as I said, they're struggling to convert five goals from ten point six expected goals. Um it's a running theme really since uh, the start of last season where they just really struggled to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, Villa, no such issues whatsoever. Um, they really are looking like a, a strong team and, and I, I think they're going to be one of the sides that really does rely upon beating teams outside of the big six, if you like. Um, the, or the big six, big six. I, wouldn't, I definitely don't include Chelsea in the big six currently. I'd probably swap them out with Newcastle. Um but yeah, I just think this this Villa team are well set up to do a job on on Chelsea. And I was tempted by Villa to win uh, at the big number, but I'm just going to take them on the handicap plus 101. So even if they draw, we get a winner. By the way, unit, um, my uh, my Villa over the points total at the start of the season. I'm happy with that. Even more happy with my Brighton over the total, and they should be in the big six. Even though you and the rest of the production team on this podcast laughed me uh, offset as we kicked off this season with my backing of Brighton, but I'll stay with them. Um, the only thing I can think of, Jacob, based on the markets, is they play in Warsaw in the Conference League, Villa do, on, on Thursday. It, it's away, European football, how that's going to affect the side. But I look at Unai Emery. <laughs> He's vastly experienced playing in European competition and, and balancing these kinds of schedules, even though some of the players might not have uh, that experience. I mean, Diaby does, Torres does, some of the players that they did bring in. So, same exact same play. I'm going to go at 1.5 units. I'm going to do that again because this line is too good for me. Villa on the handicap, plus 101, uh, half a goal. Villa win or draw, it's a winner for you. Same sentiment as you. Uh, good insight, though, Jake. Uh, and we're aligned for this one. Yeah, yeah, I think I do think it's interesting. The you know the Thursday night is definitely something to, to to think about. But I wouldn't at this early stage, I wouldn't really be too worried about it. You know, we're just coming off an international break. Uh, they played one game at the weekend against Palace, and they've got you know Thursday, Sunday. It's not like they're we're in the middle of you know February where it's Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday so every week. You know, um, so they're at the start, of the, and they've got a fairly deep squad as well. You know, you look at the players they brought off the bench against Crystal Palace: Yuri Tielemans, Leon Bailey. John Duran, obviously, who's, who you know come on and scored a couple of goals. Then Donka coming off the bench. Um, they even got Clement Longley if they want to switch out another centre half. Um, Alex Moreno just coming back from injury, the starting left back. So um, there's a lot to like about their squad, um, and I think that they'll, you know, like you said, Emery's kind of a proven operator when it comes to European football and balancing things out. And yes, he has been known to just completely throw the league at certain points in the season, but that's if his teams aren't anywhere near contention. So. Um, at this moment in time, I do think he's probably going to be playing a strong team, regardless of the game. Uh, it's going to be strong team Thursday, strong team Sunday, uh, and then reassess there. I think they might have got Carabao Cup game mid- midweek next week. So, you know, that's an opportunity to rotate ahead of the Prem. So I definitely think that's the way you'd be looking at things anyway. All right. Uh, also at 2 p.m. on Sunday is North London Derby time. And the way that these two teams are tracking right now could be a big step in the right direction for one of them. It's fourth place Arsenal hosting second place Spurs at the Emirates. I mean, the last time that these two sides were this high up the table and they play one another was a couple of years back when Spurs kind of went on that run where they flirted with winning the title and inevitably came 
for not, but Arsenal weren't quite there at that time. Arsenal coming off a hard-fought 1-0 victory over Everton. Trissard with the goal as Martinelli came off and is now, looks like he is injured and looks like he may be out. Uh, four wins and a draw to start the season for Arsenal. So much for the Wheeler fade. 4.13 expected goals against. That's second best in the Premier League. The attack, though, it's kind of mid-table. Perhaps a step off from where they were a season ago. However, at the Emirates, they scored two, two, and three at home. And that's where their bread is buttered, really at the Emirates. And that's where they really perform. They play PSV at home Wednesday. Um, it's coming up after this podcast. A team that they're very familiar with. Like I said, Martinelli out, Party out, the long-term absentees as well. Elneny and Timber out. For Spurs, another big win for Big Ange. Postacoglu making it look easy, unlike pronouncing his name. 2-1 over Sheffield United. 90 plus 8 with Charleston. 90 plus 10, Kulisevsky. And Jake Osgathorpe is smiling because Sheffield United lost. Um, they escaped with the win, but they did have 28 shots and a just a 2.16 XG. Most importantly for Spurs, they remain undefeated. They've played two away to Brentford and Bournemouth. Um, and they scored two goals in those two games. And they scored five away at Burnley. So they have nine away goals on the season, but just a 6.11 expected goals away from home. Both teams to score has played in four of six this season. Spurs haven't picked up a clean sheet in three. Lacelso close to being available, but some bad news. Perisic has been ruled out long-term, at least until the springtime. Head-to-head, a 3-1 and a 2-0 victory for Arsenal last season. Spurs haven't won in their last four in all competitions at the Emirates, but they've scored in every one of those games. They haven't won at Arsenal in the Premier League since 2010. Do you remember who scored the winner that day? Eunice Cabal. Uh, I do. Oh, Sorry. I was going to go there. I thought it was a quiz question, yeah. Uh, I, you could, who are the other two Spurs goal scorers uh, that day? I'll I feel like uh, Eunice Cabal got the winner. Did William Gallas score for Spurs in that he, game? He didn't. He did not. No. Gareth Bale. He did. Scored the first Spurs goal. It was a come-from-behind victory that day. Raphael van der Vaart. You got it. Well done. Yes. Look at you. Sorry for ruining your Kabul. Uh, That's all right. <laughs> uh, but before that win in 2010, they didn't won away at Arsenal in 17 years before that. So going away against their North London Derby rival has been very difficult. Arsenal to win, minus 135. The drop, plus 340. Spurs, plus 337 for an away win. This one is mouthwatering. This is a sexy game. The biggest game of the weekend. How do you see this playing out, Jake? Goals, goals, and more goals. That's what I feel this game's going to be. Um, yeah, I'm taking both teams to score in over two and a half goals, uh, minus 123. It's a one and a half unit play. It's my, probably my favourite bet of the week. Um, well, one of my two favourite bets of the week. I just don't see how this is going to be a low-scoring contest. Um, you know, if you just look at Arsenal for a start, at home since the World Cup break, they've kept just three clean sheets in 18 across all competitions. So an 83% of the matches they've conceded. Um, and if you go back to the start of last season, they played 22 home league games and 16 have seen both teams score. 
um, and over two and a half goals land. So not just both teams to score. They've seen both teams to score and two and a half goals. That's 16 out of 22. Um, and that percentage would give us an implied price of minus 270. Uh, so already you've seen the minus 123 looks a slice of value. And then you factor in the visitors and the way in which they're going about their business under Postacoglu. Um, 18 goals in five league games. Both teams to score and overs in three of the five. Creating plenty. Over 2.1 expected goals for per game, but they're also conceding quite a few, nearly 1.5 expected goals against per game. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I can't see this being a low-scoring game. I was looking at <clears throat> potentially taking um, Arsenal to win and both teams to score just because of their, you know, their incredible home form, incredible home process. 2.3 xG, 4, 1.06 expected goals against per game since the start of last season. So they are generally a home juggernaut. Um, but yeah, I just thought that the price around the, the BTTS and overs, not even needing anybody to go on and win, um, was, was definitely the play. It was either that or the goal line. The goal line's at three and a quarter. So I'm quite happy to take, you know, even if it's a 2 1, I'll still get a nice winner. All right. Uh, I get that play. The reason why I shied away, no Harry Kane anymore. Like, Kane would score against Arsenal. There'd be goals. Yeah. I do like the way that the Spurs team is playing, they've impressed me my initial read on what I thought they might be was incorrect. They, they're not playing European football. They have a full week off to get right. Really just solely focus on this. Arsenal's going to be looking at PSV. I look at Arsenal this year. I don't know. Their, their home games have provided good results. When I've watched them play, I'm not sure if they've been as sharp as they were last season. I, it's just the eye test. It's not necessarily the numbers or the data. So I'm a little bit mixed on what I've seen from Arsenal. Some fantastic players in this team. I think they've been better defensively than they have been in attack. Just their, whether it be Saka, Jesus, and Kedia, I just it just hasn't quite clicked yet. So I think you're getting some value on Spurs in this game. I like Spurs on the handicap plus 0.75 at minus 104. So a win or a draw, you win your bet outright. If they lose by a goal, it's just a half loss. I think this game, I don't think there's much between these two teams, to be honest, Jake. I, I think that they're they're going into this game, and I think both teams really relish this. I think they have a real chance to go out and win the game outright. Spurs have impressed me. I like what's going on with Big Ange. Um, and, and I think that their attack looks a little bit sharper right now. So um, give me Spurs on the handicap a full unit play. Interesting, yeah. I I, I definitely agree on the at attacking front in terms of uh, the amount of chances they've created. They've racked up more expected goals, but Arsenal have just been way more controlled. Um, you know, they, they they to me, I was saying this in the office the other day. To me, they they're starting the season and it doesn't look very convincing in terms of the results. You know, the performance the performances haven't been overly convincing. But they're starting the season in the manner that Manchester City usually finish the season. Uh, no, usually start the season. City usually start like kind of grinding out results, still finding their feet. And then they hit a, a period of dominance from January onwards. Um, also, last season, if you remember, they started really, really hot and they were winning games by comfortable margins, 4-1s, 3-0s. And then obviously towards the end of the season, when it started to get a little bit tighter, they didn't fare too well. So I, I see it as a positive that Arsenal haven't really started like smash bang wallop and they're kind of just easing the way out of the blocks and still getting wins. Um, yeah, I think personally they're going to have a little bit too much quality for Spurs. Um, I agree with you. I think Spurs have, have definitely, um, 
you know, I, I said at the start of the season, didn't I, that I fancied um, Tottenham yeah. to, to do well just purely because I think that if they got rid of Kane, then they're going to make the team better. Um, and that's ultimately what, what was required. Still got a lot to, um, you know, a lot to, to kind of fix and sort out there. The away game against Brentford, for example, springs to mind as a, as a contest where they were second best. And that was the first game of the season. So obviously caveats there. But um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that the Arsenal are just still slightly above the level of, of Spurs. And, and you know, I, that record they've got against them as well at the Emirates definitely is, is has to be seen as a positive. So if I was going to pick a team to win, it would be, I'd be leaning towards Arsenal. But I'd say I think goals is the safest option. All right, uh, let's go to the fifth and final game in our feature five. It's from Anfield as third place Liverpool take on sixth place West Ham, also at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Unbelievable. Uh, Liverpool left it late, but they won 3 1 at Wolves after conceding first. There were some lineup changes and, and some, some team changes by Klopp that were dictated by a lot of the travel and the quick early game that came about after the international break. It was an 85th minute winner by Robertson and a 2.83 expected goals courtesy of understat in that game, which I believe was second highest on the Premier League weekend. Four straight wins for Liverpool, over two and a half goals in their last four, and both teams' scores played in four of five. They're 4-1-0 and on the season. I did make a preseason play, Liverpool to win the Premier League. There's nothing that would persuade me to, to, to not have confidence in that bet. There's anyone that can catch City. For me, it is absolutely Liverpool. Third in XG and top five in expected goals against, which is a massive improvement on last season. Uh, three goals in both home games this season. They haven't lost in 10 in all competitions. Their last home loss in all competitions was, Jake? Leeds. 2-1. That was in the Premier League. Their last home loss was 5-2 to oh, Real Madrid in the Champions League. Madrid. That's okay. You got it yeah. right. Leeds, the 2-1 loss, uh, which was back on October 29th. So 14 straight undefeated at Anfield in the Premier League. Van Dyke returns. Trent Alexander-Arnold still unlikely for the weekend. They do play at Lask in Europa League on Thursday. It's in Austria, but I have no idea where Lask is. Do you, do you know where that Lask is? No? Uh, no. Uh, is, it, is, it, is the city... La, la, I think it's Linz is the city. Okay. Uh, upper Austria. Yeah, it's, it's LASK Linz. I think LASK is like the... Is, like a, is that a company that sponsors them or something? I've been to, uh, I've been to yeah, Austria. I've been city. to Salzburg. Beautiful country. I have no idea what or who Lask is. But when it's Lask, you say, well, I'll ask. Most of the letters are right there. <laughs> you join this, this podcast for comic relief. We all know that. Uh, West Ham. James Ward-Prowse scores again. What a man. Uh, West Ham took a 1-0 lead over Manchester City before the onslaught ensued, and it was a 3-1 loss at home in the end, their first loss of the season. But West Ham has scored in every game this season. However, no clean sheets this season either. They've gone over two and a half in their last four. But West Ham has been the first to score in five of five. They host Serbian side. Baka Tapola? I, I, again, I'm not very familiar with my Serbian football. Baka Tapola in the Europa League. Not even Europa Conference League in the Europa League on Thursday. Edson Alvarez looks good to go after picking up a knock last weekend. Head-to-head, a 1-0 and 2-1 victory for Liverpool last season. 
Three straight wins for Liverpool in this fixture. West Ham, no clean sheets in their last 15 games against Liverpool. They've played over two and a half in five and seven. Both teams have scored in five and seven. Six straight Liverpool wins at Anfield. And West Ham's last win there came all the way back in 2015. Uh, so what do you make of this? Liverpool minus 235 to win on Pinnacle. The draw plus 449 and West Ham to win outright plus 573. Yeah, this is um, it's an interesting contest. Uh, it made even more interesting because I don't know if you've seen or read or heard over there, but um, West Ham striker Mikel Antonio, he has a podcast over here and he's basically called the fact that he thinks that West Ham will finish above Liverpool this season, which I think is a really... <laughs> It's a hot take. That's funny. And it's a huge hot poker to just jab in the side of Liverpool as they're about to play them at home. So I don't think the timing was great, as if they needed any more, more motivation. But, um, yeah, I, I think this is... I, I Obviously, I, I'm, that's not going to factor into my thinking, but I just thought it's a really interesting kind of um, addition, additional motivation almost for Liverpool. Um, not that they need it, because, you know, at home in general, they are just sensational, aren't they? And... Yeah, the home form's ridiculous. I keep having to like update this because they win every week, don't they? But since 2017 in the league, they've won 87 of 116 home matches, losing just seven times. Um, six of them came in the same season and consecutively. So they've lost just once um, in in the other five seasons combined at home, which is just mental. Um, and yeah, the home games, underlying data-wise, is just ridiculous from the start of last season. 2.5 expected goals, four per game. 1.15 expected goals against per game. So utterly dominant whenever they take the field at Anfield. Um, and yeah, I think Liverpool will win. Obviously, there's no juice in the price whatsoever. We're looking at a very short home uh, price for a home win at uh, minus 235. So it's just a case of how do we go about that? Do we look at back in on the handicap, uh, which is minus one and a quarter? Or do we look at back in them to win and both teams to score at plus 158? Because... 12 of Liverpool's last 23 league wins have seen both teams score as well. So over over half of their league wins have seen uh, uh, both teams score. And West Ham, as you mentioned, have scored in every outing so far this season, creating plenty of chances, 1.66 expected goals for per game. But at the same time, they're also shipping quite a few good chances as well. You know, even Luton managed to rack up um, two expected goals against the Hammers. So yeah, that that that's my play. Um, I'm only, I'm going to make it a three quarter of a unit play. So not a half unit, not a full unit. Ooh, interesting. Three quarter of a unit, um, just for for staking and, and return purposes. But yeah, I, I I like it as a as a play in the sense of if Liverpool win, I do think it will come with a a a, a goal to be conceded, even if Van Dijk does come back into the fold. You explained it for me. Both teams to score in a Liverpool win at plus one fifty eight. The, the exact same, the exact same, <laughs> same play. Bet. Liverpool win. I, you'd be a fool to bet against them at Anfield. But the back line is is still a little bit shaky. They might be a little bit more secure with Trent Alexander Arnold out. You know, out of the team, they did concede to Wolves of all teams last week. And West Ham are good in set pieces. James Ward Prowse is a weapon. I'm, and, and some of their, like, Jared Bowen's been on really good form to start the season. And I like, it's not that I don't rate this West Ham team, but just going to Liverpool and expect them to come out to win. Perhaps they can pull a lead from last season. Uh, I, I, I'm not banking on it. Um, both teams playing midweek fixtures. So 
So, yeah, Liverpool to win both teams to score plus 158. And there you have it, your feature five. Notice what I didn't do in the five based on last week. No totals for me, Jake. No totals no in, totals, in this no. one. And I have three plays in the feature Ooh. five on plus money. So here we go. This is, yeah. this, is, this is the week that we move, game week six. Uh, let's go rapid fire. And another London derby, Crystal Palace and Fulham, 3 p.m. Saturday. Uh, Palace, no clean sheets in five. They have a number of players who are either questionable or out. Lerma, Tompkins, Gooey's been battling something. Uh, th- that, that makes me a little bit nervous heading into this one. Do you have a play here? Yeah, um, my second favorite play of the week, Crystal Palace to win at minus 101. Um, yeah, they have a couple of questionable injuries, but I don't. that doesn't really concern me. I'm more looking at uh, the state of Fulham and their defensive issues. Uh, conceded one and a half expected goals against Luton last time out, and that was at home. Uh, so far this season, they've averaged 2.6 expected goals against per game, which is league leading. Um, and Palace have been steady so far this season. Their, their process is solid. Uh, 1.57 expected goals for 1.41 against. But doing a little bit more digging, um, they are very much turning into a team that struggle against the best, but do very well against the rest. So, so far this season, obviously, they've, they've beaten Sheffield United. They've beaten Wolves. Um, they've drawn with Brentford. Obviously, the defeats have come in the other two games against Arsenal and Aston Villa. Um, and if we look a little bit closer, since Roy Hodgson took charge, they've they've won seven, drawn four, and lost four of their eight their fifteen uh, league matches. They've averaged a very very solid expected goal process: one point four expected goals for, one point one against, and three of the defeats there came against sides who finished in last season's top eight. So if you take those out, the teams that finished in the top eight last season, the record with Hodgson is 1-7, drawn four, lost one, averaging 1.6 expected goals for per game and 0.9 expected goals against per game. And then if you look at just home games, they've won four and drawn two against such teams and Fulham definitely fit there into the category of a team that didn't finish in the top eight. So I do think this is an opportunity for Crystal Palace to get a, another win under the belts. And the price I just think is huge. Um, you know, we were on them... Uh, a couple of weeks ago when they did the business for us against Wolves. Um, and yeah, I, I think Fulham are as bad as Wolves when it comes to defending. And Crystal Palace definitely shown a little bit more of an attacking flair when playing against these lesser teams. So um, Palace to win. And I'm also going to back the overs as well. Cool. Over two, two and a quarter wow. is the goal line. Wow. Two play. Two play. One and a half units on a Palace win. <laughs> one units on the goal line. Uh, minus 117. It's Fulham, after all. You know, the, the, the game against Luton should have gone overs. Look at the chances that were created by the team. It was about three, 3.4 expected goals combined. Um, and yeah, as I said, Crystal Palace generally play more front foot when they're playing against non-big eight teams. Yeah, I, I think that there's two plays there that, that are must back. Okay. Um, what did we go head-to-head last week? Jake 2, Wheeler nil. Head-to-head this yeah. week. I'm on Fulham on the handicap. If you're going to give me half a goal, a winner, a draw, really? I guess the Palace team, no Lerma, no Tompkins, Gooey's coming. Like, they don't have much depth in this team. They can't afford any more injuries. I use a little bit of a doubt. Elise continues to be out. Frank hasn't even played yet. It's just, there's only so much you can ask of this team. I was on Palace last week, and I was confident in that play until about the 90, 90 plus four <laughs> in, in, in that game. Fulham finds a way. They're, they're pragmatic. I, I think that their manager, Marco Silva, understands what they give up in order to try to produce uh, 
what they can. Uh, Polina looks back settled in this team. He has a new contract as well. I don't think Fulham are as bad as you're advertising them. And I think that against a de- depleted Palace side, I think it's going to be right in this one. I think it's going to be very, very close. So let's make it a head-to-head. Just a full unit play for me. Fulham on the handicap at minus 107. So... I, Emmerich, I will head to head. gladly I'm give you the opportunity. I'll gladly give you the opportunity to get one back on the head-to-head. I'm really shocked that you're taking Fulham. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy, I'll am i happily take another head-to-head off you. I like my palace, um, but, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to back Fulham in this game. Uh, let's go Luton Town and Wolves, also on 3 p.m. Saturday. Luton Town, no clean sheet in six. They played to over two and a half in five of six. And Wolves have gone over the number of two and a half in four of five. Uh, what do you make? Do you have a bet in this one? No bet for me in this one. Too uh, too many things to think about. Uh, big six-pointer, potentially. Luton at home looked half-decent in their only home game we've seen so far, and Wolves still struggling to get a hand on them. They were brilliant the first half against Liverpool and then just completely fell to pieces. Wolves stink. I told you, they're going to get relegated. I, that was one of my preseason bets as well, Wolves to be relegated. I've seen nothing that changes my mind. This is a game where Luton Town can come out and win. They, they can, at Kenilworth Road, this is a game that they have to have circled the full three points. I'll take the risk. I, I can't see Wolves going there and winning. So give me Luton Town on the handicap, plus 0.25 at minus 101, almost even money. So if it ends in a draw, it's a half win for you. And if they win outright at even money at home against a bad team, uh, makes a whole lot of sense for me. So... Let's hope Kenilworth Road can provide a difficult challenge for Wolves this weekend. Uh, A poor side going through what should be a difficult environment could mean good things this week. Uh, Brentford and Everton, 5.30 p.m. Saturday. Brentford has some injuries in their back four as well. Rico Henry, by the way, out for the season. I think he's an important player for them. Everton haven't had a clean sheet yet this season. What do you see playing out here? Um, I don't see a reason why we should abandon the Brentford chip, to be honest, when they're playing at home. Um, yeah, they're, they're, you know, we've banged the drum for them for a long while now, and the record is pretty sensational since the start of last season. One ten drawn, 10 lost two, so they don't lose very often when they play at home. Um, and over that span of 22 games, you've averaged 1.8 expected goals for, 1.2 expected goals against per game, which is ridiculous figures, really. And um, yeah, they're all looking up to have registered more wins and turn more of their draws into wins. Brentford won six, drawn five against teams below them last season. Um, and Everton away from home under Sean Dyche. Won one, drawn six, lost four. Um so, yeah, they've conceded 2.3 expected goals against per game in those away matches as well. So when they travel, they concede a lot of chances. Um, and, yeah, I, I think this price, minus 118, is more than fair. Um, I am only going to do a one-unit play, though. I'm not as confident as the Crystal Palace win. So I'm doing a one-unit play on Brentford to win just because of the amount of draws. So I'm dropping my stakes slightly to, to, to what I'm doing with the other game. Um, but I still like it, Brentford to win. I was tempted to roll with Everton here. I just can't do it. I like just because of some of these injuries in the team. It's going to be my first total of the day, um, over two and a half at minus one hundred four. Brentford have some defensive issues. I think Everton can go there and score. Brentford in attack, and I know there's been no Tony, but they've looked good. Wisa, 
and Bamu shot at like they got some real players in this team. Let me just check what's both teams to score in this game because that one might be. Do I want to do? It's minus one nineteen. Both teams to score. Let Let's do that. Both teams to score at minus one nineteen, rather than the over, because it could be a one-one something like that. I, I I'm confident that Everton can go there and and and, and challenges Brentford back line. I want to see what it looks like. Uh, I think that Azure's hurt. Like th- th- there's a bunch of injuries in, in this Brentford side as well that makes me a little nervous. What they look like defensively, and they look vulnerable at times. I think that some of these games that they've come over three draws from three games at home by the way, this season. And I feel like if they were a little bit more stout defensively, then they would have come away with victories in those games. Ben Mee has a knock. Okay, looks like he'll play. Iyer looks like he'll play. Rico Henry out. Both teams to score minus 119. Let's do just a half unit here, okay? I just want to sprinkle. Just a oh, half geez. unit. Okay. I just don't think you can fully trust Everton. I just... I. I I don't think everything about them has been as poor as what their record shows this season. I think they played brave. I just think the squad is a little, little bit limited. Um, yeah, the midfield battle in this game. I got nothing more to add. I feel like I'm treading water here, trying to find a reason to bet something else, but I'm just not going to do it. So, uh, let's go to my two favorite teams. It's these teams that start with a B. We love betting Brentford. We love betting Brighton. And we love betting Bournemouth as well. It's Brighton and Bournemouth, 2 p.m. Sunday. Another great 2 p.m. fixture. Um, Brighton or box office. Straight up. No other way of putting it. Bournemouth is competitive every week. They're very competitive in the way that they play. Do they give Brighton a real challenge um, this weekend at the Amex? What do you think? Uh, Possibly. Possibly. Um, I struggled to find a bet that I liked in this one, though, with the handicap one and a half uh, home win minus 260. The goal line is, is up to three and a half. Um, it was, you know, for the last two Brighton games, I think it's been three and a quarter. Um, and obviously it's, it's clicked both times. So that's probably why the line's moved a little bit, even though Bournemouth coming off the back of a nil-nil draw. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I've got enough. I, I've, I've not found anything that I like, so I, I'm no bet. Uh, both teams to score yet. Brighton winner at plus one fifty four. Brighton have been conceding goals. They haven't been keeping clean sheets. They they play a high risk style, and this is where Bournemouth and their new new manager will see what they can do to press. If they can press better than some of the teams that Brighton have been playing against, I think they can find a little bit of joy. Brighton haven't had a clean sheet this season. They've gone over in. Five out of five, and both teams to score, and obviously played in every in every game. Um, so I think Brighton's a better team here, um, but both teams to score. Does Brighton make it every game? Do they come away with a clean sheet finally? I'm going to bet that they don't. So plus one fifty four for a unit. And finally, on four thirty p.m. on Sunday. Sheffield United look to bounce back from devastation. They have a lot of injuries in their team. Think about Newcastle, who not only won last weekend in a game that they grinded out, a penalty which really shouldn't have been given against Brentford, if we're going to be honest, uh, and played to a goalless draw at the San Siro in the Champions League against AC Milan. Uh, what do you make of this game here to round out the weekend? 
Um, I was looking at the unders, given the fact that Newcastle have gone one nil nil nil, look to have reverted more to what we saw last season um, in terms of you know, defence first football. But then I remembered that they're playing Sheffield United, um, and last week they played a, a good Brentford team who, you know, finished comfortably in the top half last season. They were in race for Europe for most of the campaign, uh, and then obviously played Milan, one of the best teams in Italy. Um, and yeah, Sheffield United just aren't of that kind of calibre. Um, I was surprised to see that, I think, is it four of the Blades' five league games have gone over two and a half? So, um, had me leaning towards the overs, but I ended up settling on a no bet. Um, yeah, I was happy to leave it alone in the end, just because there's nothing that really jumped out to me. And, and I do just want to carry on watching Newcastle to see what what kind of approach Eddie Howe's taking because the opening days of the season or the early games, he was, he was very gung-ho, very attacking. Um, and he's thrown in a couple of spanners in the works with slightly more defensive approaches. So um, they're, they're just on my watching radar at the minute as opposed to a team that I'm looking to get involved in. There's nothing about this game I want to get involved in. And trust me, I mean, I've tried here, um, but there's, no, there's nothing in this game. Sheffield United have a lot of injuries. Newcastle, they've been okay this season. I just don't put them as part of my big six right now. I'm I'm a big wait and see on Newcastle. Fortunate last weekend, playing Champions League football. The craziest thing in the broadcast, I never realized that that was the first time Eddie Howe has ever attended a Champions League game. As a fan, manager, he's never been to a Champions League match before that one midweek. That just strikes me as downright bizarre. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but you and I both no bet for this game, so no head to head that time. We're just both aligned. Uh, your favorite bet of the week, Jake? As we're we've gone through ten of ten. Both teams to score and over two and a half at the Emirates. Okay, mine. Uh, well, United plus two forty six to win to nil over Burnley. Likewise, Aston Villa on the handicap against Chelsea. Villa the better team, better side in that for me on the handicap at a plus number, plus 101. I'll take it. Uh, two favorite plays this week. It's the 25th anniversary of Pinnacle. How are you celebrating, Jake? I'm celebrating through making sure that I'm locked in on the best odds in market, not only for Premier League football, the Champions League, NFL football, and we're on the verge of the new NHL and NBA season as well. So congrats to our fine colleagues at Pinnacle for 25 years of being best in markets. You can follow Jake at Jake Oz. He's going to put up that compilation of Jackson missing and missing and missing and missing again. Yeah, I tried. It's they've, they've deleted the video off Twitter, so I've actually found it on YouTube, and I've sent it to you on YouTube. Okay. Um, that seems to be the only place to find it. Okay, we'll put up, so, we'll yeah, put up the, YouTube put the YouTube link. Out. Done. Yeah. yeah, and at Gareth Wheeler as well. We'll be back next week as we look ahead to game week seven. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This has been EPL Insights with our data provided by Undersat. <laughs>